It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 1389, Life is an Acquired Taste, and Resolving to Learn from Failure, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Monday, hope your week is off to a great start, and welcome back to Optimal Living Daily, or the OLD podcast. This is where I simply read to you every single day from the best blogs I can find. I get their permission first. And I have two posts today, both from Joshua of The Minimalist. The Minimalists have a great documentary out on Netflix called Minimalism that's worth checking out. And before we get to it, investing can be hard and confusing, especially with ticker symbols and charts flying back and forth on business channels like it's the runway at LAX. But why should something so important to your family's future be left up to the talking heads on CNBC? Enter The Motley Fool. They give you straight talk without the fancy jargon and noise you're used to. Their flagship service, Stock Advisor, gives you two brand new stock recommendations every month with daily analysis and coverage coming directly to your inbox daily. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.fool.com slash optimallivingdaily to learn more and claim an exclusive discount only for listeners. For now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Life is an Acquired Taste by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com. The best coffee house in the United States isn't located in Seattle, Portland, New York City, or any of the usual suspects. Press Coffee Bar is nestled between a parking lot and a sewing shop across the street from a pair of abandoned warehouses and beneath several stories of old brick apartments in Dayton, Ohio. The birthplace of aviation, the cash register, and hundred-spoke gold rims. While sitting in press recently, tucked in the back, enjoying a black coffee, a subtle milieu of roasted beans and Radiohead's OK computer in the atmosphere around me. Back in Dayton for a spell, I was spending a lot of time there dotting the I's and crossing the T's in our most recent book, Everything That Remains. The shop's tattooed proprietors, Brett and Janelle Barker, were, as usual, hard at work behind the counter. The Barkers, a husband and wife duo, are wonderful in more ways than one, friendly, attentive, passionate, and sticklers for detail. From the wood floors and wood-paneled walls, to the music and changed monthly local art installations, everything at press is carefully and intentionally curated. Not to mention a handful of employees, Caleb, Ani, Brendan, Eric, who feel much more like family than staff, and customers who seem to embody a Cheers-esque camaraderie. Then there's the coffee, of course, sourced from only the best roasters and brewed or pulled so carefully, so meticulously, it resembles art much more than food service, all of which culminates in the perfect coffee house. Elegant, unpretentious, simple. The simplicity of press transcends the shop itself. Not simple for the sake of being simple, press is simple because they've eliminated the excess in favor of the essential. It was Brett, after all, who convinced me to do the same with my coffee. I used to load my cup of joe with heaps of cream and sweetener until it was more of a weak, milky, calorie-laden dessert than a drink. As I stirred in the excess, Brett would quietly rib me, encouraging me to enjoy the flavor without the additives. I didn't listen, not at first at least, not until the day when they ran out of my sweetener of choice and I was forced to go without. It was an unpleasant shock at first, drinking only coffee and cream, but soon my taste buds adjusted. I could better taste the coffee and I went without sweetener from then on. A month later, being the experimenter I am, I wondered what my coffee would taste like without milk, so I ordered an Americano and shook my head when Janelle asked whether I wanted room for cream. Being unacclimated, the first sip was bitter, a strong punch to the palate. A few days in, I acquired the taste, and for the first time in my life, I could taste the actual coffee. 
was more delicious than any of the sugary, weak, milky cups of yesteryear, and I never went back. Black coffee is a synecdoche for life. When you eliminate the excess, when you deliberately avoid life's empty calories, what remains is exponentially more delicious, more enjoyable, more worthwhile. It might be a bitter shock at first, but much like coffee, a meaningful life is an acquired taste. Sip slowly and enjoy. And I have another post in just a sec, but first, ever wondered how to invest or struggle to understand how to make your money work for you? You probably wanna hear about The Motley Fool then. The Motley Fool was founded 25 years ago in a garage by brothers Tom and David Gardner. In those 25 years, Motley Fool members got access to recommendations like AOL in 1994, before You've Got Mail was a movie, Amazon in 1997, before Prime Day was a thing, Netflix in 2004, before you were binging Stranger Things, and Marvel, now Walt Disney in 2004, when Tobey Maguire was still Spider-Man. Every month, Tom and David each pick a stock and provide a deep dive and analysis exclusively for members of their Stock Advisor service. Members get exclusive access to the Stock Advisor website with daily updates that cut through the noise of the financial market. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.fool.com slash optimallivingdaily to learn more and claim an exclusive discount only for listeners. And I have that link in this episode's description. Resolving to Learn from Failure by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. I failed last year, a lot. I failed more times than I can count. No matter how often I fail, failure is always sharp and cutting. It never feels good. I made my first ever New Year's resolution at the beginning of 2011. I resolved to not purchase anything for an entire year, a lofty resolution. Two months after making my resolution, my thought process regarding buying stuff had changed significantly. At first, when I wanted to purchase an item, I would think, hey, look, that thing looks cool. I think I'll buy it. But eventually, I was forced to face the fact I couldn't buy those things. And by the end of the fourth month, something beautiful had happened. I no longer wanted to buy new things. My entire thought process regarding impulse consumption had changed. I had accidentally reprogrammed myself. My resolution was to prove I didn't need to buy stuff for a year, but I learned I could actually change myself in the process. After four months, I no longer wanted to buy material items on impulse. The persistent desire to consume was gone. It was and is a phenomenal feeling. And then six months into the experiment, something unfortunate happened. I spilled tea all over my computer. It wouldn't power on, it was ruined. Thankfully, my first thought was not, I guess I'll go buy another computer. Instead, my first thought was, how can I live without this item? I went the next several weeks without a computer. I wrote essays longhand on yellow legal pads. I wrote fiction by hand, and it looked like the musings of a madman. I accessed the internet at libraries, at friends' houses, anywhere except my tea-soaked MacBook. After a few weeks, Ryan offered to give me a new laptop for my 30th birthday, an offer I turned down because I felt it was cheating. So I soldiered on computerless for several more weeks. Eventually, I realized I was less productive without my computer. I was writing less. I wasn't enjoying writing as much. I didn't feel as good about what I was writing. I realized I was depriving myself of an essential tool. For me, minimalism has never been about deprivation. Rather, minimalism is about getting rid of life's excess in favor of the essential. For me, a computer was essential, so I got a new one. And throughout the rest of the year, I purchased a few other tools I needed as well. But I never returned to the impulse-driven consumption of my past. I was reprogrammed. 
and I'll be forever changed by the experience of not buying stuff impulsively this year. I strongly recommend not buying anything for the next four months. See what it does for your impulses. At the end of the day, my experiment was, by definition, a failure. But it was a beautiful failure that provided invaluable feedback and insight that I'm thankful for. This year's resolution? Well, I don't have any goals, but I plan to continue to learn from my failures. You just listened to the posts titled Life is an Acquired Taste and Resolving to Learn from Failure, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com. That should do it for today. Have a great start to your week if you're listening in real time and I'll see you tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.